all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. All about the Savior and the promise of His Word. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. Matter of fact, one more verse I want to show you on that, and this is what I'm going to quote. Well, God's covenant with David. When God said to David that I'm going to give you a place of prominence, listen to Psalm 89:27. God said this to King David. I will also make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Think about that. David wasn't like the first one born. He wasn't even the firstborn in his family. When God says, I will make him my firstborn, I'm going to give them that place of prominence. I'm going to make him, what's it say? The highest of the kings of the earth. So when God calls Jesus my firstborn, it's the preeminent one, the prominent one. Not, it's not talking about sequence, okay? Now, why do, I, why do I take so much time to do all these sidetracks? Because I used to, many years ago, uh, deal with cults. And I know what the cults teach, and I know the hang-ups people have of thinking, well, Jesus wasn't really God. He was the firstborn. And so I want to deal with that because I, it's still with me. I've seen how people get messed up with all that stuff. Okay, now let's talk about the worship part, uh, the the worship matter in verse six, where it says, "When he, when again he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him.' I want you to know some important things about worship. You got to keep this in mind. God many times throughout the Old Testament says, "I will share my worship with no one else." He says, "I'm a jealous God, and you shall have." No other gods before me. I'm the one true God. You shall not worship or serve any other God. Let me just give you a couple verses on that so you're not just left with my word for it. Exodus chapter 34 verse 14 says, You must worship no other gods, for the Lord God, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. Well, God doesn't want you worshiping anything or anybody else but him. Why? Well, he's insecure. No, no. Because you're his and he's yours and there's a special relationship and he's not going to share you with false gods, okay? Matter of fact, when Jesus was being tempted and the temptation of Christ and Satan was tempting Jesus, Jesus said this to the devil in Matthew 4.10, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So I could go on and on. If you do your own search and your own study on it, worship is reserved for God alone, okay? Yet here we read that God is telling his angels to worship Jesus. Now that would be either high treason in heaven or Jesus is God. Now let me show you. 
Not just verse 6. I can't resist this. You've got to look ahead in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 11. Follow with me what's happening in heaven right before God the Father. Revelation 5, 11. John's having his revelation, and he says, And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. That meant he couldn't count that high. Saying with a loud voice, these are all the angels of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom. And it says, and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And they're worshiping Jesus, the Lamb of God. And verse 13 says, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as that are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying. So that means everything in creation. This is coming yet in the future. You better get used to worshiping Jesus because we better join in with all of creation saying all the creation is saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Now, God already says, I will share my glory with no one. You will not worship any other God, just me. The only way this can be is that Jesus is God. God the Father, God the Son. I know it's confusing because um, the only people we know like that are split personality, and it's not good, right? But God is triune. And as a matter of fact, I can't remember where, but we, I have it on the web. If you ever want to do an in-depth study on the Trinity, I did a series on Sunday morning about the Trinity and because I, I want people to understand that. But here's all of creation saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. They're worshiping the Father and the Son equally together in heaven. And it's not a bad thing. <coughs> it's a good thing. They're not rebuked for this. And then it goes on to say, the four living creatures who are closest to God around the throne say, Amen. And the 24 elders, the next ring around the throne, fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. And so this is how you worship and bring glory to God. Scripturally, according to the Bible, is you worship the Father and the Son. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. It's not bad. It's not wrong to worship Jesus. It's a good thing because Jesus, and excuse me, the writer of Hebrews in verse 6 of our study today says, let all the angels of God worship him. So he's greater than the angels because he tells the angels to worship him. And he's certainly something greater than a lot of people think because he's a, a subject of worship. So Jesus is greater in name. Jesus is greater in worship. Let's go to the third point. Jesus is greater in nature. This is a fill-in if you're paying attention here. Or you could say in makeup. What is he made of? Look at verse 7. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. This is God the Father speaking to God the Son, saying, Your throne, O God. This is pretty amazing. Here, the Son is called God. This is the one who rules 
with a rod of righteousness. As a matter of fact, this is quoting Psalm 45, verse 6 and 7, if you want to look it up in the Old Testament. And um, so here's, a, by the way, this is another name. Talk, we talked about he's greater in name. There's another name greater than the angels, God. <laughs> okay, so he's given the name God. Uh, keep in mind what the one true God has spoken uh, many times in the Old Testament. And let me quote another one from Isaiah 44, 8. Do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from the time and I declared it that you are my witnesses and there is, is there a God besides me? There is no other rock. I know not one. Interesting, isn't Jesus called the rock of our salvation? And God the Father says there's no other rock but me. There's no other God but me. And yet in heaven we see both the Father and the Son being worshipped together and the Father isn't jealous of that one. It's proper. Uh, I, I got stories on that. I'm going to hold back. Okay, listen. Here's another one. Isaiah 45, verse 5 says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Is there, there is no God beside me. No one else you should worship. No other God but one. And yet, if you study the scriptures carefully, you see that there is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if you do an in-depth study, you see they are all given the attributes and the title of God. Yet, there's only one God. Scratch your head on that, but do a study. I've got a series. Go online and find it on our webpage. <clears throat> okay. Jesus, uh, or I should say the Father, God the Father calls Jesus God. Very clearly here. Now, in verse 9, he says, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God. Oh, we're going to have fun with this. God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Okay, so you think, how, now you just told me Jesus has God. And now God says, you're God. So God has a God. Am I confusing you yet? I have fun confusing you. Okay, but follow with me. This is exactly what we saw happening if you've ever studied the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 7, God the Son comes before God the Father, and God the Father gives him a kingdom that will never end and tells him that he will rule forever and ever. Let me just read it to you. I'll put it up on PowerPoint. It's Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel says, And I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. Who does that sound like? He came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion, to the Son was given, dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. This is the Son of Man coming before the Ancient of Days. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. This is awesome. This is Old Testament, folks. This is Daniel chapter 7. God the Father, where God the Son comes before him in the clouds of heaven. And, and, and God the Father gives him a kingdom that will never end. I get goose. Sometimes I give myself goosebumps just reading some of this stuff, okay? So, so Jesus is greater than the angels in name, in worship, in nature. Let's go to the fourth one. Jesus is greater, and you feel this, this is your feeling. Jesus is greater in existence. What does that mean? Well, we'll explain. Look at verse 10. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. And they, they will perish, but you remain. 
They will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. This is speaking of Jesus, and he is forever. Matter of fact, Jesus is the creator of all things. We looked at that some last week, but let me just show you another aspect. Sometimes I like to quote from the Amplified Bible in John 1, 1, where it talks about Jesus' existence. Let me read it from the Amplified Bible, and I'll try not to shout, because I always love to shout when I read from Amplified. Um, in the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing made has come into being. It's nice if, you wanna, if you're having a hard time understanding a certain passage, get a few different translations and read them in different versions, and it's helpful sometimes. I love this. It's the amplified version. Uh, so let's read again uh, in our text, verse 10. You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hand. This is talking about Jesus. They will perish, but you remain. And, and they all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. Have you ever heard that verse? And then we'll be getting it to it in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's our Jesus. His existence, he's eternal. If you study anything else, now we are given what's called eternal life. We get to live forever, but we certainly aren't eternal in the past. We will get to live eternal to the future, but only God is eternal past and future. Amazing. He goes he's eternally one backwards, eternally forward, and Jesus is given the same attributes. So Jesus is greater than the angels in name, in worship, in nature, in existence. And let's go, I think we're going to do just one more. We may end early today. <laughs> That'll be, yeah, we'll see. Okay, here's your fill-in. Jesus is greater than the angels in position. That's found in verse 13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Okay, so again, this is quoting Psalm 110, verse 1, and, and it's David speaking of the Messiah, that God says to the Messiah, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's, let's look at it. Uh, Psalm 110, verse 1 says, the Lord, listen, this is how David describes it. The Lord said to my Lord. Isn't that interesting? The Lord said to my Lord. So the Father and Son, they're in speaking terms. Uh, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. That's the relationship of the triune God. And that's what's going on. So keep in mind now, we've talked about this in the past, to sit at the right hand of a ruler is to be co-ruler with them. If, if a, of a king is ruling his kingdom, and he's got his throne, and at his right hand he's got someone sitting there, matter of fact, you, you don't sit before a king. You fall on your face before a king. But if you're able to, to be privileged enough to sit in a, another throne next to a king, that means you're co-ruling with that king. And so Christ sits at the right hand 
until the final victory over all the enemies, till he makes his enemies his footstool. Now, I'm going to be mischievous here again. And I'm give you another thought that you might not have considered. So how long does it stay like that? Okay, Because um, Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians 15. And when I first read this, it kind of tripped me up. Because I thought Jesus was going to reign forever and ever. He is. But look at the relationship between the Father and Son. I want to, if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Because you know what? Anybody who is a ruler, a godly ruler, knows that he's not the boss. He's submitted to someone else. Jesus models that for us with his, he's the Son of God and God the Son, and yet he's totally submitted to his Father. He has said things like, the Father is greater than I. Even in the Godhead, there is an authority structure. We'll look at that in just one second. But first, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25. We're told by Paul, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation for easy reading. For Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies beneath his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. I'm looking forward to that one. For the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, it does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. See this, there's an authority structure within the Godhead. Then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything else. God the Father, God the Son, ruling equally. Everything's under the headship of God. Now, if you're confused about this, bring it to your small group. Your small group leader will straighten everything out for you, okay? There are some deep thoughts in the scriptures that kind of blow your brain cells, you know? There are something, but I thought, but the, you know what? If you ever get to the point where you think you understand God, you're wrong. If you ever could totally understand God, then you'd be God, okay? He's beyond us. I, I tell our, our midweek Wednesday night people, because we're going through, right now we're studying the universe and the stars and the galaxies, and you look at how many millions of light years away, different points are, how big the galaxy is, not just the galaxy, the universe that contains many, many, many galaxies. I just always think, God is so much bigger than I thought he was. <laughs> You know, I thought he's my big buddy, you know? I, I think that God, he's just living in my heart. Well, he's not trapped in that little confined space. I do have a personal relationship, relationship with the Lord, and I, it's precious. I love the Lord. But I need to keep in mind every now and then, oh, Mike, he's so much bigger than you think. Oh, but he made the earth. Oh, so much more than that. Well, he made our solar system. Keep going. God is so much bigger, and, and, and to think that the one who made the galaxies and the universe and on and on would dare to stoop low to be mindful of me. Who is man that he is mindful of, of him? That's what the scriptures say, but he is. And we could know that being, we could know that personality through the person of Jesus Christ. So anyway, some things to think about in 1 Corinthians 15, and blow your mind a little bit further, you know there's an authority structure in heaven, and there's an authority structure in the Godhead. You think, with Godhead, that sounds like a pagan term. Uh, go to your Bible software and type in Godhead. I think you'll find two other places where that's used. I'm not going to go there right now. I didn't think about putting it in my notes, so let's just go. So listen to how the Holman Christian Standard Bible 
portrays 1 Corinthians 15, 28. He says, when everything is subject to Christ, then the Son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. I like that explanation. So God will be all in all. There's no division between God. You know, there's no, uh, the, the, there's a unity. Um, and if this, this troubles you, I want you to think about some of the other things in life where there's an authority structure yet equality. Because you think, well then, how could Jesus be God if he ends up turning everything over to God the Father? It can all confuse you, okay? But you know the classic illustration? Marriage. In marriage, my wife and I are equal. I'm not better than her. I'm not greater than her. Matter of fact, she's smarter than me. Let me just let you know right now. When, I, when I'm stuck on something, I go to her. She figures things out that I can't figure out. I, sometimes she has to open jars. From, no, no. There's things that she could do that I can't do. I lean on her a lot. And yet, there's an authority structure in marriage, isn't there? Where God says that the husband is the head of the house uh, and the head of the wife. And there's a responsibility, but it doesn't mean you're better. Matter of fact, the Bible says that a husband and wife are one flesh. So we're one. So I think marriage was meant to be a kind of a picture of God. Let me read to you from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, where Paul says, I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a woman is man. The head of Christ is God. There's three heads here, okay? But the, the two I want to really focus on at this moment is that I'm supposed to be the head of my family over my wife, but that doesn't mean I mistreat her. That doesn't mean she's less than me. It doesn't mean I look down on her. There's a love and unity between us. And it's to model the headship of Christ and God. Because God the Father isn't great. He's, he is greater. Jesus says the Father is greater than I. But there is an equality, and yet there's a structure, even within the Godhead. Okay. Now, if you want me to explain that further to you, I can't. Because you know what? God is God. But I tell you what, marriage is a picture of unity yet equality and yet authority structure that, that we see even in heaven. <clears throat> okay. So the author of Hebrews now returns to the subject of angels because he was talking about angels all along. He's going to end, at least he's not going to end because in chapter 2 we'll go back to angels. But verse 14 here, he says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? So what's the writer of Hebrews saying? Not only is Jesus greater than angels, I want you to know who angels really are. They're at your service. Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve you and me. As a matter of fact, uh, they're not sent forth to rule. Too many people think that angels are rulers. No, they're sent forth to serve. And they're not to be worshipped but, but, or, or even served by human beings. Rather, they are servants of God sent to serve us and to minister to us the saved. Let me read it to you from the New Living Translation. <clears throat> this very verse says, Therefore, angels are only servants. Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. 
Isn't that great to know? Maybe you and your family could do a little study on angels and realize that the scriptures even say, like, we, we have guardian angels. The angel's looking over us. Sometimes I think my angel says, do I have to? You know, but uh, there's all kinds of neat things if you want to do further study on angels. Angels are ministering spirits to the saved. But Jesus is the Savior. And Jesus is the author of salvation. And it's all about Jesus, not the angels, okay? He's the Savior. He's the author of salvation. And we're going to learn more about this as we continue in the book of Hebrews of why you need to hold tight to Jesus. There's nothing greater. You like angels? That's nice. They're nothing. They're here to serve you, and they're actually called on to worship Jesus. In a moment, we're going to have communion. But before we do that, I want to take a moment to, especially those who may be live streaming at home or maybe even those in the audience here, have you, have you found your proper place before God? Have you found your proper place before Jesus? God, in verse 6, calls the angels to worship Jesus. Have you got to the place that you worship Jesus, that your life is submitted to Jesus, that you realize who he is and your place before him? Father, I just bring this matter before you right now. And before we have communion, I say, Lord, help us to find our place in your kingdom. Help us to find our proper place before you. We recognize, Lord, that we are just created beings, and yet you, you invite us to be co-heirs with Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, and we believe you rose again from the dead. And I pray for those who are here today who have never crossed the line from darkness to light. I pray for those who are here today who maybe have just been spectators. They've listened to Bible study, they've attended church, sang a few songs, but they've never really submitted their life to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If it's you I'm praying for, do you know that you're a sinner? Do you know that your sins can condemn you before God and hold you back from heaven? Do you realize that Jesus is the Savior? He died in your place so that you wouldn't have to die for your sins. He took the punishment for you so that you wouldn't have to be punished for your sins. You know, you can be forgiven right now. Your greatest need is forgiveness of sins. Your greatest need is to come to God through Jesus Christ. Would you just whisper a little prayer to him right now? Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you're the Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me yours. I put my trust in you, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Jesus, he's the resurrection. We hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is why 
one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.